Hey, welcome to the Road.TV Sermon Podcast, where today Pastor Matthew brings the third message in our series on transformation. Let's join Pastor Matthew as he unravels the essence of spiritual growth, how we progress from the innocence of infancy to navigating the challenges of childhood. Now, in this episode, we explore what it means to embrace young adulthood in our faith. It's not just about age. It's a shift in our mindset, a journey of maturity. So buckle up for an enlightening ride toward transformation. It is so good to be in the house. Thank you for choosing to come and worship with us today. If you're new, uh, thanks for being here. If you've been here for a long time, a while, uh, this is maybe your thousandth time or whatever. Hey, thanks for continuing to come back. I absolutely love being in the house of the Lord with my faith family. And you guys make me better. And I just want you to know I love you. I'm, th- I'm glad that you all are here today. We are continuing in our series entitled Transformation transformation, growing up and maturing. We're not talking about 40-year-olds who still play Pokemon. It's okay if you do. We love you. We are talking about maturing in our faith, maturing in our faith as a disciple of Jesus. Let me say this just to kind of, I guess, set a foundation. Human growth and development happens in stages as well as our spiritual growth and development happens in stages. This may be new to you. I don't think it is, but when we get saved, right? The moment that we place our faith and trust in Jesus, we're not like automatically the most mature arrived believer. There's a process of maturing and growing in our faith. And that's what this series is all about, this process of maturation. Our scripture that this series is based on is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. It says this, The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Let me say this up up front, don't be discouraged if you look at your life and see areas that you need to spiritually mature. We've talked about so far being an infant in Christ. We've talked about being a child in Christ in our spiritual development. Today, we're going to be talking about being a young adult. Don't be surprised, though. In, in, in every message next week, we're talking about being a mature adult. Don't be surprised if you see areas that you need to mature. None of us have arrived Uh, None of us are perfect. We won't be perfected till we get to heaven. And last I understood, this is not heaven, right? This, uh, some people might think this is uh, the other place. I won't say it out loud, but I mean, we're not gonna be perfect till we're in heaven and this ain't heaven, okay? So all of us have a, all of us are a work in progress, if you will. Uh, if this is your first week, let me inform you if this is your third week with us and you've been in part of this series all along, let me remind you. In week one, Pastor Rick kicked off our series talking about moving from death in Christ to being uh, an infant in Christ, alive in Jesus Christ. You become an infant when you place Jesus Christ on the throne of your heart. You've made him Lord and Savior. And when you make Jesus your Lord and Savior, you are called being born again, right? And when you're born, you're a born and infant. An infant is characterized as um, 
ignorant, and that doesn't mean they're bad. It just means they're learning uh, the truth of God's word and replacing their bad habits with healthy God habits. That's all it is, okay? They're not, they're not worse or better off than anyone else. They're, there's a saved believer who's learning the truth of God's word and in the process of replacing bad habits. Week two, Pastor Rick talked about uh, grow, growing from an infant in Christ to a child in Christ, just like our biological children as we grow and our relationship with Jesus, we, we go from an infant to a child. A child is characterized by being selfish. If you think about some of your children, if I think about some of my children, they'll go from this stage of this is mine, 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 and me, 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 right? And that's a child. It doesn't make them bad. It just means they're selfish. I love my children. I know you love your children. Them being selfish doesn't mean we love them less. It just lets us know where they are. They're a child. A child in Christ is great when their preferences are being met, but as soon as their preferences aren't, you begin to wonder, did they ever really trust Jesus as their Lord and Savior in the first place? Um, you can tell what stage you're in when you get cut off in traffic. You hear what I'm saying? And so if you, that's just a tip. That's just a tip. Uh, we're in week three, and again, today we're talking about being a young adult. The title of this morning's message is very creative. It's the creative, if I could be, transformation-young adult. Okay, that's as good as I can get it. Transformation-adult. Our truth that we build on, and we're going to build on, and again, I just want you to know every time I preach, if, this, if you're new, I, I give us a truth, and we, we talk about it, and we come back to it at the end. It's the one overarching thought that I want you to take with you today. And here it is. We can only become a young adult in Jesus when we're willing to grow up and stop being childish. Let me say it again. We can only become a young adult in Jesus Christ when we're willing to grow up and stop being childish. Paul said this to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 13, 11. He said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. He said, I, I thought like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish things behind me. Let me ask you this, and then we're gonna pray and we're gonna move on. What childish things have you not placed behind you? What childish things have you not placed behind you? What do you need to move on from so that you can continue to grow and mature as a disciple? Of Jesus. Let me pray and then we'll, we'll jump right in. Lord Jesus, we love you. And God, uh, I'm thankful for the truth that we're all a work in progress because it, it gives us the room, Lord, to be gracious to ourselves. But Lord, I pray specifically today that you would speak to us. I pray that you would show us what it is that you want us to know and then give us the courage to move on into a greater relationship with you. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, there's a couple things that I want you to know before we dig in. We're gonna be digging into Second or 1 John chapter two. 1 John chapter two, okay? So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. Let me catch us up though with just some overarching ideas and thoughts before we get to uh, 1 John chapter 2. The first thing is this, the physical stages of life 
And the spiritual stages of life are very similar. The reason I tell you that is because if some of you may be thinking, well, tell me more about this spiritual stage of young adulthood or the spiritual stage of, of being a child or the spiritual stage of infant. And all I'm saying to us is, if you want to know it better and understand it a little bit more clearly, just think about the physical stages of each of those uh, areas. And if you're thinking about the physical stage, it's going to align very closely to the spiritual stage. Again, if you want to understand this message better, be thinking of the physical stage of being a young adult. And when you're thinking about that, you're going to begin to understand a little bit more what it means to be a spiritual young adult. Here's number two. When we talk about being an infant, child, young adult, and mature adult, we aren't trying to be like so rigid in our understanding. What we're trying to do is give us a, a picture, if you will, of how we should be maturing as we are being transformed into the likeness and the image of Jesus. Again, I said it before, I'm just gonna say it again. How many of you realize that once you get saved, you're not like the most mature believer on the planet, right? There's a process to that. And so what we're trying to do is give us a picture of the process, we want you to be able to self-identify so that you can take your next step. But not only do I want you to be able to self-identify, I want you to be able to be able to self-identify your family, right? As, a, as men, you, you are leading your family. You need to know where your kids are. How do we help our kids take our next step? How do, I, how do I walk with my wife as she's taking her next step? That's what this is about, giving us practical pictures of maturation, okay? Uh, here's the last one before we get in. We also aren't trying to create some spiritual hierarchical order for the people in our church. I say that because, uh, again, none of us have arised, arrived. If you are a spiritual young adult, you, are, you aren't more saved than a spiritual child. If you're a spiritual mature adult, you're not more saved than a spiritual infant. We're talking about saved people in general. All these people we're talking about, all these stages are saved people. This isn't so that we can look down our pharisaical noses, you know what I mean, and say, look how much better I am than you. No, 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 no. We're all in process, and it's just giving us a picture so that we can continue to move on and grow to maturity. One of the best scriptures that I've seen and I've read as it talks about growing and maturing in our faith and, and aligning and talking about spiritual things with physical things is found in 1 John chapter 2. Let me just t show you what, how John is beginning to indicate and talk to the believers there. He says this in 1 John chapter 2 uh, verse 1. My dear children, I write this to you so that you won't sin. Uh, let me just be clear. Uh, John is not writing to a bunch of four-year-olds. <laughs> He's not writing to all his kids. He's writing to spiritual children in the faith. He's writing to the people, the men and the women that he has been mentoring to grow in their relationship with Jesus. And so he's writing to them because he wants them to understand. He wants to give us a picture of, of understanding of what it means to be following Jesus. Not only are we a child of God, but he's writing to, at this point, spiritual children. And I'm writing this to you so you want sin, he says. Uh, the whole purpose, if you will, of First John is to set markers on the content of the people's faith and to give these Christians, these, these, these children of God, how about this, assurance of their salvation. How many of you realize that, that at some point in your life, you're probably gonna question your faith? And if you haven't yet, please hear me, wait for it. There will be a moment if it hasn't already happened, and if it has happened, it'll probably happen again, when you need to be reassured 
of your relationship with the Lord. That doesn't make you bad. That makes you human. And so we're getting this assurance of salvation. John is writing to assure the people. And with that in mind, let me read to you verses, 1 John chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. If you have your Bibles and you're turned there, I'm going to walk, walk through this with you. He says this, I'm writing to you, dear children. There it is again. He's not talking about four-year-olds. He's talking about uh, spiritual children. Children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I'm writing to you fathers. That's mature adult, because you know him who was from the beginning. I'm writing to you young men. That's all about young adults, because you have overcome the evil one. If you're in your Bibles, you may want to circle that. That's key to understanding the spiritual young adult phase, okay? You have overcome the evil one. He's going to kind of say the same thing again. This is what he says. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, young adults, spiritual young adults, not teenagers, not 20-year-olds. I'm writing to you, spiritual young adults, because you are strong. The word of God lives in you, and because of that, you have overcome the evil one. Are you with me? You are strong. The word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. When John writes these words about the spiritual young adults under his care, he's setting some markers for them to understand their maturity. Let let me just try to explain this a little bit. Um, John says, and I hope you see this in your text, that spiritual young adults have overcome the evil one. Do you see that in your scripture? They've overcome the evil one. He's not saying, hear hear me, he's not saying that spiritual young adults don't have to wrestle with evil and selfish desires. He's not saying that at all. He's just simply saying that when those moments come, they know and are strong enough to move on and not fall into that temptation. They're believers that are not living, how about this, a lifestyle of sin. They've moved on. A spiritual young adult is, is one that when they sin, they recognize it, they repent of it, and then they move forward. They recognize, then they repent, and then they move on. Uh, last week, uh, Pastor Rick did such a great job of talking about the definition of spiritual maturity in their life of a child and I wrote this as it relates to a definition of maturity with young, spiritual young adults. Spiritual young adults realize that maturity isn't based on a spiritual high praising God when I was good. But how about this? And here's the difference. It's about how obedient they can be over time. And because they desire obedience, listen, it helps them overcome the difficulties and how do they get to the point, and maybe this is what we need to focus on, how do they get to the point when they truly were able to overcome evil? And here it is, it's just two things that John clearly just plainly lays out. He says they're strong in the Lord, and the word of God is a priority in their life. How did these spiritual young adults become spiritual young adults where they're able to overcome? Well, uh, they're strong in the Lord, and the word of God is a priority in their life. I think you guys realize this, but we're only as strong in the Lord to the degree that we're rooted in Jesus. Uh, I love how Colossians chapter two, verse seven says this. This is the New Living Translation. I know some of y'all don't like it and I don't care. I think it sounds good, okay? So let me just read this to you. It goes, so, goes along so well. Let your roots grow down into him 
and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Um, this may be too simple, but how many of you realize that a tree, tree with, with deep roots is hard to blow over? The, the deep roots make them more resilient when storms come and the wind does blow. And, and, and what I love about Scripture is that we see in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 8, that the Scripture says, hey, be like that deep-rooted tree. And again, I just want to say this to us, is that the only way we can put our deeps, deep roots, our roots be deep in Jesus is when we are spending time with him and learning about him so that we can live like him and so we can lead others to him. John says, not only are spiritual young adults strong in the Lord, but the word of God in them. Let me say this. The word of God isn't in us if we don't know it. If we don't know it. And you may say, well, Jesus in me, and he's the word of God. And listen, that's not really true. Jesus doesn't promise that he will be in you. He promises that when you make him Lord and Savior of your life, you will be in him. And not only will you be in him, but then the Holy Spirit will be in you. And we need to understand that difference because, listen to me very carefully, it is, it is a glorious thing that, that we are in Jesus because Jesus is our protection, which means that when we do dumb things, we're still safe and secure in our salvation. Why? Because we are in Jesus Christ. How do we overcome all these dumb things that we have the tendency to do by the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit that indwells in us when we have made Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior? Listen to what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. And we have to understand, and that's why it's important to know the difference that we are in Christ and the Holy Spirit is in us. Because it is by the power of the Holy Spirit that we bring, that, that re, we remember the very things that God has said to us. I, I wrote this in my notes, and I just need you to be so clear on this. Is that what God has said has been revealed in his word. Are you with me? What God has said has been revealed in in his word. What God will say in the future is what he has said in the past. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, okay? And I, I tell you that because I need you to hear me say this. There will be no future revelation of God's word that is inconsistent with what he's already said. And if we don't know his word, and this is why it's so important, if we don't know his word, when things get in our head and they start talking to us, we won't know who's speaking, and if we don't know who's speaking to us, then we can be easily led astray and go do the wrong thing because we don't know if it's God or not. And if we don't know his word, then something may sound good and we may act on it. But if it's not God's word, then listen to me, family, it's, it's going to lead to death. And so we have to know God's word so that we can live God's word so that when things call our name and the world will call your name. The world will distract you, and if we don't know God's word, we will lose every time. And that's why we've made being a part of the Bible reading plan such a big deal, because we want you to know God's word so that you can live it and so you can apply it and be transformed. It's impossible to grow in maturity when we aren't reading and applying God's word. If you'll look on your little ice tray 
sheet that I know you brought with you, the, the discipleship wheel that we have, uh, you can go ahead and check off the word read and listen. That's the foundation of every, every quadrant. But I, I just wanted to bring this truth to you from 1 John 2 so you can understand how the spiritual young adult applies reading and listening, okay? Now, what I want to do is change a little bit how we're talking about a spiritual young adult. Uh, we've talked about reading and listening. Now I want to give us two distinct characteristics that is true of a spiritual young adult. Uh, the first one is this, a spiritual young adult has moved from being self-focused, that's selfish, think child. They've moved from being a child, self-focused, to a young adult, God and others focused. And, and they've, they've, they've made God first. I've said this in our starting point a lot. I'll, I'm going to say it in this time. It's important that we understand that they love God first and then they love others because it is possible, if you don't know this, to love others but not love God, but it is impossible to love God and not love others. And so a spiritual young adult, they, they love God and they love others and the decisions they make and the way they think concern what's better for the group then, then maybe even more so than what they want and like for themselves. A spiritual young adult doesn't care if they like uh, the music that's played on Sunday. They don't even care who's preaching as long as truth is being put forth and lives are being transformed. That's a spiritual young adult. So you may be thinking, well, what are some things that they say? Because I, and I think some of you, many of you may be a spiritual young adult. Some of you may be spiritual infants. Some of you may be spiritual children. Next week, we're going to talk about, again, being spiritual and mature. But what is it that a spiritual young adult, what, what's something that they may say? Uh, let's pretend like it's uh, raining outside, okay? And you guys know for this service, um, if you don't get here at the right time, you could be parking in uh, no man's land, right? In the, in the far back corners of the world, it seems like they have to walk in here. Let's pretend like it's raining. A spiritual young adult will say, you know what? I got to church. There were so many people there. The parking lot was full. I had to park in the back far corner of our property. And by the time I got to the door, I was soaking wet. But it is so cool. And it's so incredible that we have so many people coming to hear God's word. Uh, a spiritual young adult may say something like this. I don't want this to step on y'all's toes, but <laughs> uh, um, uh, we're packed out today and they're having to move people to overflow. And you know what? I'm going to get up and go sit in the overflow so that our spiritual infants and children can make sure that they get a seat in the house, in the sanctuary because I know how important it is for them to get this truth. Listen to me. Ain't nobody want to sit in overflow. Sometimes I don't even like being back there myself. Because I like being here with you guys. But a spiritual young adult is willing to say, look, I'm willing to step out of this environment and go be in another place so that the young people, the children, the infants in Christ can hear God's word being taught. A spiritual young adult is not driven by their preference. Are you? And I love you guys so much, but let me just say this to you. If you're still a Christian that is being driven by your, your feelings and your emotions and your preference, then as much as I love you, I just need you to hear me say, um, we haven't put childish things behind us. Uh, here's number two. 
a, a spiritual young adult is focused on serving rather than receiving. They're focused on serving rather than receiving. They don't look to see what they can get out of something. They look to see what they can give. A spiritual young adult wants the things around them to be better. And they're willing to do whatever it takes for things to get better. Not just the culture of the church or the environment or the organization they're a part of. But listen, but the relationships that are present there. What does a, a spiritual young adult say that, that aligns with this? How about this? Um, we have so many people at our church and more people need to be in biblical community. And so I, I think I'm willing to lead a Bible reading plan group if I can get some help. Spiritual young adult. This is so true for our church and you'll, you'll, you'll know it when you hear it. Uh, our, our volunteers are, are, are so great and they work so hard. How and where can I serve so I can chip in with all the work that needs to be done so more people can find a relationship with Jesus here? A spiritual young adult isn't focused on comfort. They're willing to do the hard work necessary. And again, similar to... Some of the other things, no, look, work, work isn't always fun, but it's necessary. I don't necessarily like doing the work to make me better, but it's necessary. I don't necessarily like doing the work to make my marriage better, but it's necessary. It's necessary, and, and I want you to hear me say this, spiritual young adults in the faith, are willing to do the hard work to move, move past their comfort. Are you? And as much as I love you all, listen to me very carefully. If you haven't and aren't willing to move past comfort to do hard work, then we haven't put childish things behind us. And you may be thinking, hey, you know what? I think that's where, I think I'm a young adult. I think I'm a spiritual young adult. And again, you know, this is just a, for, for you. Like, you don't have to let us know. It's not raise your hand if you think you're a spiritual young adult or infant or child. This is really just a picture for you to understand where you are so you can continue to help your family take your next step. And, but I want you to hear me say this. If you're thinking, you know what, I think I'm a spiritual young adult. What can I do? What can I do today? What can I be thinking about so I can continue to grow in my relationship with Jesus and mature as a disciple? Here's your word. It's the word invest. Okay, the last two concepts was really all about serving and engaging. But if you're thinking, I think I am a spiritual young adult, what can I do? You can invest. You can invest, how about this, to be a better servant. You know, one of the things that's true of, of a lot of people is they think if they've done it before, they're all, all of a sudden they're great at it. That's not necessarily the case. Um, maybe you got your leader at, at, at work and you think now I'm a great spiritual leader because I'm a great leader at work. That's not necessarily the case. And one of the things that I can, I can tell you that I love about our pastor is that it, as incredible as a leader that he is, and he's one of the greatest spiritual leaders I know, he's continuing to do what it takes through the hard work of growing in spiritual maturity. Matter of fact, um, he, he's consistently challenging our staff in things that he's reading and learning and challenging us so that we too can be growing in our relationship with the Lord. And I just wanna say this to you. If our spiritual leader, our pastor can do that, then we can do that. We can do the hard work. We can invest in being a better servant. We, we, can, we can invest in the relationships. And let's just be real. Um, we love all people, but some people's hard to like. You know what I mean? The... The, 
This is true. This is true. And, and it's, that doesn't mean they're not great. doesn't mean they're not saved and going to heaven. It just means uh, we may not like them like we like other people. Spiritual young adults, how about this, are willing to do the work and put in the investment to make those relationships even better. And that's not always easy. Because usually that means repentance need to be had. A lot of I'm sorry's need to be spoken. And then work's got to be done to make sure that we don't get back to the place that we just came from. And so investing in relationships can be tough. But it's not just about having the hard conversations. I want you to hear me say this is about supporting and encouraging one another into a greater relationship with Jesus. As a guy that used to play sports, I know that may shock some of you by looking at me, but I did. I used to. Um, I'm a very competitive person. And it's even hard for me to play games at times with my family because I'm so competitive. You know what I mean? And, and I'm like Jesus mad. You know, I'm willing to turn the table over if I have to just to make sure, <laughs> just to make sure I can't lose. I mean, that's just bottom line. And so uh, I'm not always good. But, but I need you to hear me say this is that spiritual young adults aren't in competition. They're working to complete the work that our brothers and sisters in Christ around us are doing. I wrote this in your note, the church isn't here to compete with one another, but to complete the work of each of us are doing. That means spiritual young adults invest their time, their talent, their time, whatever, you name it, in order, listen to me, cheer on and support what each other is doing. So this is how we're gonna end. Um, I know this series could probably, it could potentially be really overwhelming. We're talking about a lot. But I want you to hear me say, this isn't about overwhelming us. It really is about giving us a picture so that we can continue to grow in maturity. And I, I loved how our pastor encouraged us, encouraged us last week specifically as it relates to being just servants. And you guys do so, so good at just doing, doing what it takes. And not only does he believe in you and is he and proud, I, I just want you to hear me say to you, I, I'm proud of you too. I, I'm, I'm so encouraged by every single one of you. you. You make it such a joy to be on staff here. I believe in you. But not only do I believe in you, but even better is that we have a heavenly father who believes in you. And he cares about you so much, he's willing to sacrifice his own son so that we can be, and not only a beginning relationship with him, but so that we can grow to maturity. But there's a choice that we all have to make. A decision has to be made because we'll never grow. We'll never grow into being a spiritual young adult if we're not willing to put childish things behind us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. I thank you for this time. I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. And Lord, your, your word convicts, but your word encourages. And God, thank you that, that we're, we're not talking about lost and found right now, Lord. We're talking about people that love you and that one day, even beginning even now, will spend their eternity with you. And so God, I pray that we would be encouraged in that. But Lord, not only would we be encouraged in our faith, Lord, I pray that you would give us clarity in how to continue to move forward in our faith to grow more into your likeness, to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, whatever you need to do, whatever you need to say, Lord, would you speak to us now? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church family, if you stand to your feet, uh, the word of God has been spoken.
and graciously, mercifully, the Lord gives us the opportunity to respond. You know, maybe you're thinking, I can't grow in my relationship with the Lord because I've never even started a relationship with the Lord. And if that's you, you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then let me just give you the, the okay this morning to come forward. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to help you walk with you as you start that relationship. Maybe you need to take your next step and be baptized. We're about to have a baptism here in a minute, which is so exciting. Maybe you need to be baptized. We'd love to talk with you about that. Maybe you, you're ready to join our, our faith family because you know it's impossible to grow in our relationship with the Lord if we're not surrounded by the right people. And, and you wanna be surrounded by these people and you're ready to join our church. We'd love to pray with you to join this church. Maybe you just need prayer because you're stuck and you need to just encourage them to take that next step, whatever it may be. Pastor Rick's here, myself is here. We love you guys. We would love to pray with you. Won't you come? As we say. Hey, thanks for joining us at The Road. If you'd like more information about things going on at Choctaw Road Baptist Church, visit us at theroad.tv or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theroadcrbc. Have a great week.